Hi, I'm your host, Susan Nay. Welcome to the podcast series, HR Inside Out. It's a series designed to help you demystify HR and the human resource processes. We're going to talk about people management and get the goods on and see how all this stuff works. You're going to hear from everyday heroes and get their perspectives as we touch on a wide variety of topics, topics that impact us in our work and in our work environments. You'll find nuggets for your treasure chest of learning. Hopefully you'll discover insights for your personal and your professional growth. I'm glad you're here. I suspect it's because you want to be the very best version of yourself, your personal best, and that you get understanding these systems and processes will help you on your journey, on your path. You ready to dare to soar? Want to join me at flight school? Let's do this. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, welcome to the podcast series, HR Inside Out, Demystifying HR and People Management. I'm thrilled to introduce you to my dear friend, Paul Moffat. Paul made a decision late in his career to become a bus driver. He's discovered that of all the different jobs he's worked at through his career, being a bus driver is the absolute best. As a people person, Paul has found his niche. We're gonna explore the process that Paul went through to make this decision, why he loves his job so intensely, and where this has taken to him to in the latter years of his career. Paul, welcome, and just thank you for being here and your willingness to share your journey with our, our listeners. Well, thanks, Sue. Uh, I'm honored to be with you on your podcast, and congratulations on the success of your book and <laughs> on how well-received your podcast has been. It's been great for you. I'm really proud of you. Well, thank you, Paul. Hey, first of all, a little bit about you. So Paul worked most of his career as management in the food industry in the United States, but he also sold cars for many years as a GM salesmaster and salesman, and he developed a multi-million dollar commercial real estate. So those are pretty impressive as well, but I'm gonna take us much earlier than that. You and I went to secondary school together. I remember you most vividly as president of the student council, and we've re-met more recently through our mutual friend, Kathy. Your family, if I remember correctly, had been transferred to the lower mainland of British Columbia from the United States. You were new to the school and decided that the best way of getting known was to get involved. And you did, and you've continued to do that. Your adventures over the years have taken you back to the United States. I believe your son's currently living in Oregon. And you spent most of your career, as I mentioned, working in management, sales, and real estate development. But something called you back to Canada, and an online dating app led you to meet my dear friend, Kathy. As such, you came back into my life. You and Kathy are now living in Victoria. And in Victoria, you decided to try something different, so you began exploring what it would be like to be a bus driver a transit operator. So let's start. I'd, I'd love you to walk us through that process. Like, why did the occupation appeal to you? What did you do to research? And if I remember correctly, you actually made application to transit as part of the steps that you required. You then did your class too. But can you just tell us a little bit about that journey? 
Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, I've, I've always enjoyed driving. I love driving. And BC Transit uh, was regularly advertising for operators here mm -hmm. in Victoria. And I thought, you know, it might be something I would really enjoy doing. Uh, the application process was um, about six months from the initial application to hiring. Mm -hmm. And it was, I was surprised at how thorough their process was. Um, and as I got hired, transit actually taught me how to get my, uh, my class two driver's oh, license. So they, okay. they did that as part of the, the training. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's not something you had to have before you went in. No. Uh, as long as I had a clean driving record, they took the the steps needed to to get me to my class oh, two. Okay. Yeah. That's that's good to know, and good to know that you have to have a clean driver's record or driving right. record. So, what was the interview like? Uh, what kinds of questions were you asked as you went through that process? Well, there were many steps. Uh, in the interview process, and uh, they were surprisingly most of it was customer service oriented. Oh. Uh, they were asking how would I handle X or Y situation, and what would my reactions be to different things. Mm -hmm. And you know, during my career, I've both interviewed a lot of people and uh, been interviewed for a lot of different positions. And I was um, I, one of the things that I do is I try to anticipate what the questions will be and mm -hmm. answer them prior to them being asked. Oh, that's and smart. One of the things that I was pleased with during the course of my interview process with Transit was that there were a number of times the interviewer would say, oh, well, I don't have to ask this. You've already answered this question previously. Mm -hmm. I think that's an important part of the interview process. So that none of the questions that you were asked were ones that you hadn't contemplated you might be asked and you'd done, you'd done that prep before going in. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I tried to think of what, what they would be interested in uh, knowing and, you know, explain situations from my past that, mm -hmm. that would answer those questions. And, and it, it worked out very well. Excellent. And well, actually it ends up one of the things that, uh, one of the trainers told us during our, once we were hired was that only 18% of the people that are interviewed for, for operators get hired. So wow. there are, yeah, there are a lot of, uh, it may be the driving record. It may mm -hmm. be something else that comes up that, you know, that doesn't allow people to be hired, but yeah. So it's a quite a thorough process. Well, and you said it took six months. So, you know, that's, that's a long, long period of time. Right. On the, the class two, um, you know, you often see the big semis driving around with, you know, the, the learning their students. Yeah. Um, right. Student drivers. Student drivers. Did you have to, did you take lessons? Like what was the process of actually getting, being successful at getting your class two? And like, does that involve a physical or? There's part of it that's uh, uh, part of the, actually part of the interview process. We go to a, uh, a, sort of a, an office where they test us physically. They're looking at mobility. Um, one of the big things is how, how you're able to turn your head uh, mm. because quite often you're looking around the bus yes. to see things and that sort of thing. Uh, light lifting, all that sort of thing. So 
that's part of the almost part of the interview process is oh, interesting. Can, can you can you physically do these different tasks um so that was part of the part of the interview and then the class two is actually in a classroom and um that's really the first part of your training because if you don't pass pass your cap class two then there's no sense in going any further because mm -hmm. you don't have a license yeah so within the first two weeks of training you have your class two and the rest of the the training progresses from there so is, is the class two actually on the road or is there a component of it that's on the road uh yes so one, the one part of it is about the air brakes which all of the buses have air brakes which is quite a complicated process uh and the other part of it is about driving is about being on the road okay is it tough yes it's nerve-wracking oh i uh, bet you know, me um you know i'm not a kid i'm not used to being in class anymore and <laughs> yeah, yeah, being yeah. in class and also you realize they tell you at the beginning you know if you don't pass the class two well we're gonna you know we're gonna part ways yeah so it's, it's it's not just a, a test you're passing it's your job yeah especially when you you can you want so desperately to succeed right oh, yeah yeah, yeah. so so what so so let's take you forward you get your class two you get you go through the rest of the training they determine that yes you are appropriate you've got the physical capabilities and so you're you're hired now what happens then are you just put out on the road or is there a, like do you have a do you shadow with somebody yeah we we went through a um a 12 week training program it's a very thorough program mm -hmm. and the first two weeks are getting your class two mm -hmm. and the last two weeks you spend actually working with different drivers so each day you go out with a different driver who's called a line trainer Okay. And you drive, you drive their route for the day and they stand back and watch you and observe how you're doing and give you tips or, you know, uh, help you however they need to. But it gives you a chance to do one, do different routes yeah. and get different perspectives from different drivers. Yes. yes. So at the end of that final two weeks, once you've been with those drivers, then they tell you to they assign you a bus and you go out and drive a route on your own wow so yeah some uh, i can only imagine the nervousness both being watched all day <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh, of course learning new routes um, well and each of the line trainers that you go out with is very different from one another mm -hmm. they all have different priorities and different perspectives and so it's, that's a very interesting part of the training but what a wonderful way to train you know, where you're getting those different perspectives and the experience from a whole bunch of different people and of course the different routes too because right. i'm sure that they have their own um, interests and challenges so once you're out on your own are you required to drive different buses i know you you drive the double decker bus that's so classical victoria have you driven like i think they call them articulated buses the ones that look like they're two joined together right we here in victoria we don't have the articulated buses okay okay uh, those are just in the lower mainland but uh, i we have several different types of buses 
and they all have different characteristics. Um, you know, the double deckers, and it, it's interesting driving the double decker. Initially, when you first drive one, you're very conscious of the height. Mm-hmm. But once you start driving it, it's just like any other bus. You almost okay. forget that there's another deck on there. Yeah. You know? um, but all the buses that we have have different characteristics they break differently oh their controls are in different places on the dash and on the you know in your yep, driver yep. area um so it's uh and there <clears throat> some days i might drive three or four different buses in the same day so you're quickly adjusting to the changes in the bus and the different characteristics of the bus hmm. so it's yeah it's very interesting oh that's interesting uh, just speaking of the height on the double-decker buses, I remember seeing a picture of a double-decker bus somewhere else, thank heavens, that didn't appropriately navigate um, a height restriction. What happens when, due to a road construction or an incident, you can't follow your normal bus route? How do you know then, especially if you're driving the double-decker or you know one of the larger buses, what route to take to ensure that you don't get into a difficult situation? What, yeah. what happens? Do you get some help from transit? Well, yeah, well, we have uh, a control desk and we have a direct phone line to them in the driver's compartment. And we talk to them about things like accidents or construction or weather issues. Or, um, so they will let us know where we can go and can't go um there you know with the double decker there are times that uh, you know as a driver you miss a turn you, yeah, of you course, miss, yeah. you're supposed to have turned right mm-hmm. um and there are roads in a double decker especially that you can't go down because of the wires are too low you know you don't want to take out everybody's electricity no you know so <laughs> so if that happens you immediately call control and say hey I missed a turn. Here I am. This is where I'm pointing. What do I do? And they'll tell you, you can drive down that road, but you have to turn left here or turn right there. So they'll direct you how to get back on, on the correct route. Um, and then also we have what are called transit supervisors who are driving uh, in the area in vehicles, just regular vehicles, and they will come and assist us uh if we have trouble or if there's a a problem passenger or you know whatever may happen so they're out there as well to help us okay oh that's good to know now you shared that in your training you worked with people to um drive different routes now that you're actually employed and on your own do you get assigned the same route all the time or, or do you do different routes through a shift um and how do you remember them all yeah well if you, if you do we, yeah we we have uh we sign our work five times a year we we uh choose different work because routes will change depending on the time of the year when there's school in or not in and that sort of thing so yeah. we sign work five times a year and um it allows us to choose different routes. So I, I'll, I'll work the same routes for a period of time and then change and do something else. But during the course of my, with my regular work, 
I may have four or five different routes that I do during that regular work during the course of a week. Okay. So it's, you're not always driving the same route. Um, and then there are days that I might take someone else's shift if they need a day off, I, mm. I pick up work. <clears throat> so I'm doing different work then. Um, and it's, it's surprising how quickly you get to know these different routes. Um, you know, we have quite a few mm-hmm. uh, in the system, but once you do them two or three times, it becomes second nature to you. Um, and then also we have a, a driver's guide that uh, they've printed up for us and it shows us, it maps out all of the routes and also all the stops on all the routes. Okay. So we know exactly, you know, where to go. If, if we're doing a route that we're not familiar with, well, I'll take out my driver's guide and have it with me that day so that I'm familiar with what's going on. Um, but it's, it, it really comes pretty quickly. You know, there are probably uh, still maybe three or four or five routes that I've never done out of our system. Interesting. And I know where they are mm-hmm. and I know roughly what they look like, but it would be, a, you know, an interesting challenge. That would be, yeah, that would be new. Yeah. Now you'd mentioned that you can get support um, and you'd mentioned weather. I just, I remember so vividly watching a bus slide down, what down, like slide sideways down 15th street in West Vancouver. And for our listeners, it's a very steep street. I can only imagine the feeling of panic in that operator. Um, Do you worry about driving in snow and ice and how, how does transit support you in in poor weather? Well, yeah, you, you don't like driving in bad weather. You know, it's, it's always an issue, but you know, safety is paramount in our job. Mm-hmm. both for our, our passengers and for the drivers and um, the transit won't send us out if the weather's too bad uh, or they'll they'll change routes up um, the last big snow day that we had here in Victoria and we don't get a whole lot of them here but we had one this last year that was very bad uh, and they only ran very basic routes they ran maybe three routes that were vital routes and and that didn't have big hills and you know that sort of thing so they're very conscious to make sure that we're safe and also the buses are expensive they don't want to be replacing a bunch of buses that's broken you know so it's um they're very conscious of that and they they take care to make sure that we're we're looked after and that our passengers are looked after that's Good to hear because, yeah, there's those days I don't get out and we rely on transit, but um, we also need to know that we're safe. Yeah. And I've always been curious, what about taking breaks? Like, it's it's not like you can just stop the bus anywhere if you need to use the washroom. How do you you handle that? Or or maybe you can't tell me. (laughs) No, 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 no. Um, At the end of most of our runs, which are roughly 45 minutes to an hour, uh, there are operator-only washrooms okay. that we are able to use. And they're kind of in little hidden spots. You wouldn't notice them unless you knew where they were. Okay. And we have, we have a special key. We call it the P key. <laughs> gets us, gets us in, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so we're able to do that. And, oh, uh, good. Good to hear. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's, you know, it's amazing how at the end of those runs, how long five minutes is. You know, you can do a lot in five minutes. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> and what, what happens, like, okay, so that's fine, and it's typically 45 minutes, but, you know, I know what happens in traffic, and, and so we get traffic, we get accidents. Um, so two, two uh, what happens when you get behind? Uh, I guess you just try to catch up the best you can. Do you drive a little faster? Um, and, and what happens to those brakes? Yeah, well, you, you don't drive faster. You oh, know, that, okay. that gets you into more problems than, you know, if you're, if you're, and we stay at the speed limit or below. And if you start going over the speed limit, then it's, you're more likely to have issues with mm -hmm. your bus, which you don't want to do. So no. it's, it's not easy to do. It's not easy to just take a deep breath and keep going at the speed you need to go, you know, but that's what we do. Um, but as far as <clears throat> our breaks with those, when we get to the end of our run, uh, you know, we'll, we'll call control and say, Hey, look, I'm running 15 minutes behind, but I need five minutes to, you know, have a bite to eat or, you know, go to the washroom or whatever yeah, it is yeah. and just, you know, let them figure it out. If they, you know, if they have to adjust something or make a change, that's fine. But we, you know, we have to look after ourselves too. Yeah. Well, it's the oxygen mask, isn't it? You know, you've got to take care of yourself so that you can take care of everybody else. Right. Now, what, what are the salary and benefits good? It's um, a unionized organization. So yeah, um, yeah we are, we are unionized. Um, the uh, the top end of our wage scale, we're at that after three years of work. Uh, so it comes pretty quickly. Um, and it's it's pretty good pay. Uh, and there's opportunity for overtime uh, on a regular basis. So, you know, it, it works out pretty well. During my first year of work, I had five paid weeks of vacation, Ooh. which is really <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, and the benefits are very good. They look after us really well with, um, you know, our, our medical is excellent. Um, they have um, chiropractic uh, people available for us, massage, you know, all sorts of things yeah. like that. So it's, uh, they do look after us really well. Good. And good for our listeners to know if they're contemplating looking into this occupation for themselves. Yeah. Now you've mentioned shifts and I believe that there's a shift rotation process. You'd said it was five times a year. Right. So does this work by seniority? Does this work by route? Um, yeah. When we, when we sign our work, uh, it's completely based on seniority. So the longer you're there, the better routes that are available when you are choosing. Um, so there's a lot of different choices. Uh, as a new driver, you realize that you have to wait your turn to get the cream of the crop. It's going to be a little while, but uh, within pretty short order, you're able to get pretty nice work. Uh, it's just a matter of, and that sign up time is, uh, it's an interesting time because, uh, you know, everything's going to be new. Mm -hmm. And yes. if you, if you kind of concentrate on it, um, and really look at the work, you can get pretty nice work uh, pretty quickly. So that's, you know, that's nice. Um, yeah, and that, you know, as you get more senior, 
well, you work less nights and you maybe get weekends off. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have over 500 drivers in the Victoria uh, system. And there are some drivers that prefer to work nights. Mm -hmm. And there are some drivers that like to work weekends. So it it fits for a lot of different situations, a lot of different uh, needs for different drivers. Interesting. And what about the people, your passengers? I, I know you're a people person and you'd certainly get the potential of a lot of interaction with a lot of different individuals on a typical work day. I, I would suspect particularly during the day shift. Yeah. Do you have regulars that you get to know? What are some of your favorite experiences to date? Yeah. Well, I, I really like, you know, having a regular route, you get to know, you know, you get to know where people work and, you know, different things and you, you spend a couple of seconds with them when they're getting on board and just kind of brighten their morning before they go to work or kind of, you know, welcome them from their day off or whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And uh, something that's happened just recently, I've had a couple of instances where I had a passenger get on and say, Oh, I haven't seen you in about six months. Where have you been? And Oh, it's so good to see you. And, and, that sort of thing just makes you realize that you've made an impression and, and a good impression, which is mm-hmm. really nice, you know? Yeah. So yeah. That's, a, oh, that's-, that's wonderful. Now yeah. the, the pandemic had to have added additional challenges. Um, I know that masks were mandatory and I know that in all segments of where people work, not everybody adhered to those mandatory requirements. I know in talking to you, uh, the direction you'd received was not to confront and just to allow, um, just so it didn't put you in, in jeopardy. What about the challenges that a bus driver needs to be prepared to face? You've shared in the interview, a lot of questions were asked of you about different situations that you, uh, how you would handle them. Um, and although you were asked the questions as part of your training also in uh, sometimes the necessity of dealing with a, a difficult passenger? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing that they, that they teach us is don't confront, mm-hmm. don't, you know, don't provoke. And, you know, uh, you know, one of our big issues is about fares. You know, people come on and say, I don't have any money or whatever. Well, right. you know, it's, it, it's best off just to let them ride. And, um, you know, it's, it keeps things at a lower level and doesn't, you know, people don't get upset over it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, the biggest thing that, from my point of view, I want to get people where they need to go and get them off the bus and let them go on their way. You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in that as well, if we have a problem, we have those transit supervisors that I mentioned earlier who are right. mobile and are on the road, and that's their job. If we have somebody who's causing a, a disturbance or a problem, we can call them and they'll meet us on the road and they come in and take care of it. So as an operator, our job is to get people where they need to go safely in a timely manner. And if it goes further than that, then I'll hand it off to somebody else. You've got help. Yeah. Yeah. Again, good to know. Um, I know you're relatively new to being a bus driver, but you're also, I'm going to take this a little different direction, relatively new to being a shop steward. 
And yes. absolutely an application of the leadership skills that you built in your years of being a manager. Can you share a little bit about that journey, that choice, and uh, what that's been like for you? Yeah, well, actually, during my first year uh, with transit, we were having our union elections, mm-hmm. and I wanted to get involved, and I, I, I've never been involved in a union before, so I kind of studied the different positions and what was out there, and so I became a job steward. I, I ran for it, and I became one, mm-hmm. and we you. have, yeah, we have uh, nine job stewards um, in our system, because we have two different yards, and everybody works different shifts, of course, so... Yeah. Uh, we need a bunch of people to be able to, to, and as a job steward, what we do is when a driver is being called in for some sort of uh, issue, we'll sit in with them as their advocate, mm-hmm. along with management to, uh, you know, to just be there and make sure they're looked after all right and that uh, nothing goes sideways, you know, that okay. sort of thing. But a lot of it is about, uh, you know, absenteeism, uh, tardiness. You know, in our job, everything is by the minute. Mm-hmm. So if you're late, you're late. You know, if it, it doesn't matter if you're one minute late, you're yeah. late. You know, because the buses have to go at a certain time or you're meeting the bus on the road or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. So, so um, my being able to sit in with people and uh, at times comfort them. Mm-hmm. Or at other times advocate for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, with my background in management, I, you know, I can see the management side. I understand what management is dealing with, mm-hmm. but I'm also a driver. I know the issues that drivers yeah. have. So yeah. it gives me a unique perspective to be able to help um, from both sides. It's a, it's really interesting. It's a lot of fun. And you've always been a helper. So that didn't surprise <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and just you know, thank you for for stepping up because I, I know it's a volunteer position as well. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, can take some time. I let's see now. Um, do you have any? I'm just thinking. I've those are the questions that I had. Are there last nuggets that I haven't thought to ask you about that might be of interest to our listeners? Not really. That's um, uh, it, you know. The thing I would suggest to people, and uh, you know, uh, certainly transit's a wonderful thing. I I really enjoy it a lot. Um, but you know, if somebody's uh, in their career, wherever they are in their career, if they have something that they're thinking about that, you know, I'd kind of like to look at that or explore this or you know whatever, don't hesitate to take a look and and feel free. I mean, this is completely different than anything I've ever done before. Mm-hmm. But it turns out I love it. You know, you never know what's going to come of something that you think about or that you want to do. So don't be afraid to, to make it uh, a change or uh, to do something out of the ordinary. Yeah, to stretch. Hey, and, yeah. and I, I know you've shared with me at some of the soirees that you've either attended or, or hosted in your home that people have been quite curious and oh. and and saunter up to you and the first question they ask is well what's it like what are the kinds of questions that you get asked well the funny thing and uh you know once we had a uh a dinner that we went to a while back and there i think and this was kind of pre-covid there was about four couples there 
and these uh, these other guys, you know, I arrived a few minutes late because I had been driving a bus, and I arrived, yeah. and these guys come up to me and they, oh, what, you know, how's it going driving a bus, and what do you think about that? And you know, I, I'm sitting there looking at these guys, and these are university professors, and you know, and owners of businesses, and uh-huh. you know, this sort of thing, and. It struck me that, you know, especially for guys, I think when you're a kid, you, know, you think, oh, I'd like to be a fireman or I'd like to be a policeman or a bus driver. And all of a sudden, you know, there's this guy who's a bus driver. And it's, mm-hmm. ooh, you're a bus driver. And, ooh, <laughs> you know, it was really interesting to me that we, we kind of never lose that, that childhood, you know, dream or whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah. it's still there with guys, you know, years later. It's, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. And I know from working at the district to West Van because we had blue bus. Right. And so I've worked with, with bus drivers um, that that's also women. It's an occupation that's very, very available Absolutely. to, to um, we, we have women to consider. Actually, our, our most senior driver in our system in Victoria is a woman. Uh, she's been there for many years, but uh, very successful. And she's the, I think the highest paid driver in the system right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but we have a lot of women drivers and they're, they're wonderful. Paul, thank you. I, I, I can't think of any other questions and you know, if our listeners have got questions, I know that you have provided uh, your information, your contact information on the show notes page for the, the podcast. So I, I yeah, know you I'd love and to you hear would... from anybody if anybody has a question or whatever I feel free to give me a shout yeah you're wonderful thank you for making the time to be with us today to share your journey and and uh, satisfy some of my curiosity anyways and hopefully that of the listeners and for for our listeners have you ever considered maybe there's that childhood dream that you still have the opportunity of, of satisfying I know that transit companies are always looking for good people and Paul, they've got the absolute best in you. You're, they're so fortunate to have you as an operator. And I, I can understand that your um, the routes that you haven't been, been driving for a while, that they, they miss you on those. It is time for both of us to fly. Well, actually for driving for Paul <laughs> <laughs> and that we need to bring this podcast to a close Um, Again, if you're interested in connecting with Paul, um, see the show notes page. We really hope that you found today's session interesting and informative and somewhat helpful to listen to. Um, I'm going to be back again next week, and I hope that you'll join me again as you, you guessed it, dare to soar or to drive. (laughs) Paul and Susan signing out. Thank you again, Paul. Thanks very much, Sue. Appreciate it. Okay. Have a great day, everybody. Susan and Paul signing off. Well, we've reached our destination for today. Time to lower those wheels and prepare for landing. Thank you for joining me. If I said something that resonated with you, please subscribe to the podcast and to share it with others. It would be awesome if you also took the time to provide a review, whatever your favorite social media sites are. If you have a question or an area that you hope I'll cover in a future session, please send me a note either to my website, www.effectingchangefromwithin.com or to my email, susangene at gmail.com. I look forward to our next time together. In the meantime, soar high.
I believe you can. Susan signing off. Thanks again for joining me.